This morning's sermon text comes from the book of Hebrews chapter 13. We'll be reading verses 1 and 2. It says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. Amen. On July 4th, Netflix released the third season of its hit TV series, Stranger Things. The show is a sci-fi thriller set in 1983 in the small town of Hawkins, Indiana. At the beginning of the show, Hawkins is portrayed as the kind of place where nothing strange or out of the ordinary could ever happen. But when Will, a local boy, goes missing one night, the town goes into a frenzy and a whole new reality is revealed. One night, Will's three best friends, Lucas, Mike, and Dustin, go out looking for him. And in the middle of the woods, caught in a rainstorm, they come across an unknown girl her only identifier being the number 011, tattooed in blue ink on her left wrist. Mike realizes right then and there that this mysterious girl needs help. Without thinking twice, Will stows her away from his parents in his basement and introduces her to her new favorite food, Eggo waffles, and forms an unbreakable bond with her. As the episodes progress, Eleven's connection to Will's disappearance and the other strange things in Hawkins is revealed. In many ways, Eleven is the source of stranger things. But perhaps what is even stranger is the radical hospitality that she receives as her story unfolds. Hospitality is something we should do for strangers. As the writer of Hebrews begins to conclude, they offer final instruction to their audience. The grand sermon of the first 12 chapters has come to a close, and the writer is ready for the way of Jesus Christ to be applied to these people's lives. The author's instructions to this community, though, well, continue loving one another and loving the strangers among you. Being hospitable means loving strangers around you. Or put another way, hospitality is being strange to strangers. As we begin to explore these practical words, let's read these two verses again. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. Verse 1 calls the reader to recognize that they are inside of a community. Just as this sermon series all summer has been calling us to consider what life looks like in a Christian community as we are all together. We should go about teaching one another, working to understand one another, forgiving one another, praying with one another. The writer continues, keep loving one another like siblings. 
Love one another in the faith community like they are your own kin. For in Jesus Christ, that is what they are. The community who read this letter for the first time was a group of second-generation Christians, educated enough in their beliefs to be teachers. As second-generation believers, they would have been the first to grow up with the instruction of Jesus. One of those instructions was to wait on the return of Jesus Christ. But they were facing disappointment as they had not yet seen this come to pass. Between this disappointment and the pressures of the outside world, these believers had to depend on one another as family. Here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church, I have witnessed us loving one another as family, as our own kindred. I've seen and heard of how you care for each other through loss and grief. I've seen and witnessed our own Healing Hearts ministry reach out to those who have lost a spouse and invite them into a community with other people who have experienced the same loss. Our student small groups that meet on Wednesday nights during the school year present time in the week for young people to gather and support one another. You care for each other, but how else can we share that kindred love with each other? We can invite members of our own small groups or Bible studies to our homes for meals. We can play cards together. We can support each other across the generations by showing up to games, performances, and other important life moments. We can reach out through phone calls, text messages, emails, written notes. And then through consistency, we can truly minister to each other through the disappointments of life and depend on one another as family. Another way we need to think about showing love to our kindred in Christ is how we have conversations with each other. And not just how, but I encourage you to think about who you're having conversations with as well. Are you stepping across generational lines, cultural lines of circumstance? My last semester of graduate school, I struck up a quick and fast friendship with a new classmate. His name is Will. Knowing that I would be moving away soon, we were both very intentional with the time that we spent together. The first time we hung out outside of class, he asked me, Aaron, what is a question that you wished you were asked more often? This caught me off guard, and it took me a moment, because I was struck with how profound this question was. Will was asking me at a deeper level, Aaron, what is a way that I can connect with you where you are right now that is both personal and beyond the surface level? So when we were together, I told him to ask me, Aaron, why are you here today? So that we could establish what my priorities and purposes for being with him that day were. He told me what he wanted to be asked, which was, Will, do you have any new pictures of your baby boy you'd like to share with me today? But these questions became the backbone of all of our conversations. We were able to cut through the small talk and we were connected with one another that was both powerful and thoughtful. The questions that we ask have a profound way of helping us connect to one another. And when it comes to asking questions that help us connect, there are no stupid questions. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 hearkens that the believer then look beyond the community and begin looking and calling them to broaden their perspective 
the writer says this, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. The noun translated as hospitality in the Greek is philoxenius, a compound word that includes phylos, which means loving friend, and connects it to the noun xenos, stranger or foreigner. The word philoxenius is an oxymoron, quite literally meaning friend-stranger. This word is used in tandem with what we've just read as sibling love, the word Philadelphia. The combination of a loving friend with the word for brother or sibling, Adelphos. And the writer is crafting some witty wordplay here in these two verses. On one hand, let sibling love remain and do not forget stranger love. Through the juxtaposition of these two words, Philadelphia and Philozenius, the author draws what you expect to be a comparison into a similarity. The world would have you expect that the way you treat kin is vastly different than how you would treat a foreigner or stranger. The writer of Hebrew takes that thought captive, though, and throws it out instead to say that our true strength as a community is how we welcome and tend to the needs of an outsider. In Christ's family, we will be known for how we treat those who are different from us. And Jesus asked His audience in Matthew chapter 5, verses 46 and 47, when preaching on the mount, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? For even the tax collectors do this. And if you greet only those of your own people, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the pagans do this. As you love one another in this family of believers, so you should also love the stranger and the foreigner in the same way. We do strange things for strangers because they are our kin too. In the Hebrew culture, a kinsman is anyone with a direct bloodline, no matter how distant. So just because someone is a stranger does not mean that they aren't family. The foundational truth is that we are all created in the image of God. Our reason for loving strangers is in acknowledging our common humanity, our common likeness that bears the image of God, our Creator. If hospitality is the love of a stranger, then the opposite is xenophobia, the fear of the stranger or foreigner. Let that sink in. If hospitality is the love of a stranger, then the opposite is xenophobia. Yet, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love drives out the inner voice of fear that whispers stranger danger and replaces it with the words of invitation and welcome. I would further suggest that hospitality itself is not just welcoming our friend over for a meal or welcoming our friend over who is stranded for a room this is not hospitality, but this is just what we do when we love somebody as kin, as our own family. And it's only hospitality when we do these things for the stranger that we do not yet know. Every time I hear the word hospitality, I think about the sign at the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. It says, $12 an hour to be hospitable. Chick-fil-A works extremely hard to train their employees to welcome strangers into their restaurant. And the strangest thing you will hear to Chick-fil-A is an employee's accompanying response anytime you say thank you. My pleasure, they'll reply. 
Employees are trained to welcome guests in, ask them their names, provide a pleasurable dining experience. And because of all that hard work, have you ever felt like a stranger in a Chick-fil-A? How about at a church? Have you ever felt like a stranger there? To me, there's nothing more intimidating than a first day. First day at a new school, first day at a new job, first day moving into the neighborhood, the first visit to a new church. You can add so many things to this list, and yet all of us have been there at one time or another. My belief is that it's this feeling of being a stranger, a foreigner, or an outsider that makes first day so difficult. I want to challenge you to think about your worst first day experience. Picture the room or building you walked into. What were you wearing? What were the faces of the people around you? How did you feel? Now, I want you to think about your best first day. Why did that day go so much better? My bet would be that you connected with someone who made you feel welcomed and that you belonged. Now, when you go out into the world from this place later, be on the lookout for those who, too, are having a first day and remember how yours felt. Students, go introduce yourself to the new kid at school and share lunch with them. Adults, introduce yourself and share your name and learn the names of your coworkers and maybe invite them out to coffee. Share some insights about the work culture that'll help them survive. When a new neighbor moves in, go and greet them and thank them for becoming a part of your community. Hospitality is a major part of the church's work in the kingdom of God, and I see HRBC doing strange things for strangers through the way that we welcome the ministry of Caritas into our building annually. We don't just open the doors to these guests, but different groups show up and feed and talk to them. This past month, we took another step in showing the New Life Arabic Church that they too belong here with us as we hosted a vacation Bible school for them. There are so many more strangers to greet and welcome into this place. There's so much more to do through the power of the Holy Spirit in doing strange things for strangers. Verse 2 concludes with an interesting phrase, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. This is a strange phrase, yet a believer familiar with the books of the law would have recalled this story from Genesis 18 and 19. One might reflect on it and tell it this way. One morning, Abraham was sitting near the entrance of his tent near the trees at Mamre, where he had settled his family for a season. Squinting into the distance, he looked out onto the horizon and he saw three men approaching. Seeing them coming his way, Abraham stood up and he hurried off to them. Coming close, he fell down to the ground, bowing low to greet them. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may also wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed, and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Upon their agreement to such an offer, Abraham hurried back to the camp and into his tent. Sarah, my dear wife, he said, quick, go out and gather some flour from our stores and make some bread. This request made in a rush as Abraham didn't bother to slow down, hurrying through the tent, going out the other side to search 
in the herds and the fields. Once out in the fields, he paused for a moment, surveyed the livestock, scanning with the eye of a skilled herdsman. He quickly settles on the choice calf and calls over the servant. Pointing, he commands, quick, take that one and prepare it for our guest. And when the meal was prepared, Abraham served the three men himself. Dishes of cooked beef, sides of cheese, pitchers of milk. As they ate and they drank, Abraham tended to their every need and request. After recovering from the meal, the three men got up to leave. It was then that the one in the middle stepped forward and pulled Abraham aside. The other two men had been instructed to continue on their way, so without their leader, they carried on. At nightfall, the two men staggered into the city gates of their destination, Sodom. Sitting there near the entrance to the city walls, as was his custom as an elder of the city, was Lot, Abraham's nephew. Seeing the strangers enter to the city, he got up from his seat, walked toward them, and bowed down to the ground to greet them. Lifting his face out of the dust, he said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet, spend the night, and then go on your way early the next morning. Thank you for such an offer, they said, but we plan to just sleep here, just inside the city gates. Positioning himself between the two travelers and placing his hands on the square of their back, Lot began to insist, Please, my lords. It would be much better if you entered my home and I could prepare a meal for you and give you a place to rest. Unable to refuse, the men entered Lot's home where they were entertained with a simple but sustaining meal. Their feet were washed and space was made for them to arrange and recline. But before they were completely settled in for the night, there was a pounding at the door. Lot! Lot! A mob had surrounded the house. Lot went out the door to mediate. The mob called out, where are the strangers you welcomed into your home? We demanded that you give them to us and let us do what we please. Lot tried to plead and argue with them, but to no avail. They attempted to push and force their way into the house, but that was when the guests revealed their true selves. With a great force, they pulled Lot into the house, struck those outside with a blindness that prevented them from finding the door. And Lot, his family, and the two travelers left Sodom early the next morning. The original readers of Hebrews would have recalled this story. They would have asked themselves, who in this story showed hospitality and did strange things for the stranger? The truest test of a community's character and strength is how it welcomes the stranger. Nothing can quite tear a community or a family apart like one that is not able to welcome the stranger in as one of their own. Abraham welcomed three. Mike, Lucas, and Dustin welcomed 11. And we are invited to welcome the stranger into strange things like love, food, drink, security, and rest. And maybe the strangest thing of all, the opportunity to remain as family. Lord God, would we here at Huguenot Road keep on loving one another as kindred, and would we also not forget to show hospitality to strangers? Open our hearts to loving each other and the foreigner without fear so that you may perfect the love of Christ that is within us. Reveal to us, O oh God, 
how we might do strange things for strangers in the name of Jesus. And would you reveal those to us whom we host that are your special messengers. It is in the mighty and blessed name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen.